Please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. We are looking at verse 14. And uh, we're... Well, let me just read. If I start commenting on it, we'll never get there. 1 John 5 verse 14. The Apostle John writes there and says, Now this is a confidence. Remember that, that it actually means faith and assurance that we have in Him or in His presence. Remember that is really significant. That he doesn't just say in him, but in his presence. You know, when you get in the presence of God, it is a real test of where you are with him. <laughs> you know? Okay? Uh, if you're doing well, you, you can stand in his presence. If you're not doing well, you won't. You know, you usually fall on your face and you're repenting. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing. That's the safe place to repent. That's the safe place to be, you know, to be vulnerable and transparent and open. That's the only place that, <laughs> that is actually safe to do all of those things. Uh, and you know, what we need to do is come out from there strong. Amen. Don't ever come out from there weak. You come out from there strong. Amen. And anyway, that's not my message today. And he says that, and he goes and said that if we ask anything. Now, remember again that we, we looked at the fact that we can ask anything. And remember again that there are no restrictions on the asking. However, there was a condition. What was the condition that we ask according to His will? We went on to look at Romans 4.18, talking about God's will. And I said that one of the secrets to strong faith, remember this is the confidence okay, that we have in Him. One of the secrets to, uh, to strong faith or confidence in God is knowing God's will. And, and you know... For a very specific situation as well. You know, there is the general will of God, but there are things that we need to know from God about something specific. Who knows what I'm talking about? You know, you're going for a job or something and you need to know, God, which one is right or so on and so forth. You want to, you know, buy a house or a car or whatever. Uh, there are things in life that you really need to know which is correct. Are you all with me? Amen? And you need specific guidance. And... That's where you really need to hear from God. And it, when God gives you a word, see, there, I, I, I spoke to you about this before, but let me just bring it up one more time. There is a difference between you saying, God, I want this, now bless it, and going to God and saying, God, what do you want? What do you have for me? And no, it's already blessed. Uh, do number two. Gee, that didn't sound good. Do the second thing. <laughs> okay. The second thing is what you need to be doing. We need to be going to God. One of the things is, you know, I, I brought this example up a long time ago because somebody actually, this was a real life thing that happened, that somebody decided they wanted to buy a car. They decided, you know, because step number one is decide what you want is wrong, by the way. Uh, and so they decided they were going to go this kind of car from that showroom and everything else. And they bought it. And six months later, God called them out on the field and they had to go sell their car because they needed a four-wheel drive. And that car was not going to cut it. Are you all with me? So, you know, that would have, if, had they gone to God at the beginning, and this guy said that. They said, if I had gone to God and asked him what I needed, he would have said, go buy this. Save yourself some time and money <laughs> and grief. And, and he would have had the right car right at the beginning. And, you know, people might have been laughing at him a little bit, kind of like, why do you need a four-wheel drive for? I don't know. God told me to buy it. Six months later, nobody's laughing. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> okay. So it's important that we establish God's will, is what I'm saying. Amen? Getting back to this, I want you to notice, this isn't, we're going to read Romans chapter 4, verse 18, because we began this last week. I want to get back to it. So let's read in Romans chapter 4. I want to begin in verse 18. 
It says who against hope, and I, I added the word natural there, okay? He says who against hope or natural hope believed, and I like to add the word supernatural, okay? Believed in hope or supernatural hope that he might become the father of many nations. Watch this according to that which was spoken, not according to that which he wished. Now, I told you I'm going to spend a bit of time on this because if we ask according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, then we have, what do we ask? Y'all understand that that's the key here. And so I want you to notice, number one, this wasn't something that, uh, you know, Abraham decided he wanted. This is something God decided, <laughs> okay? Ab- I think Ab- Abraham was having a bit of a problem, as, as you know. It was the desire of them, you know, in their society, having kids was a thing. It was a good thing. It was a bad thing if you didn't have kids. People looked at you funny. Like, what's wrong with you? How come God isn't giving you kids? That's how they thought. Do you all understand? That's why it was, you know, even with Elizabeth uh, and, and Zechariah. Remember uh, Jesus' uh, cousin John? You know, okay, they were related. All right. Uh, you know, that was, that was a scorn that she had to endure all of her life. Elizabeth was always getting the, oh, I wonder what's wrong with her. Both of them are priests from priestly backgrounds, and they're not having kids. Must be something wrong. God's not blessing them. You know, people just get like that, just religious everywhere, you know. And then, (laughs) which is why when the the angel Gabriel turned up and spoke to Zechariah, he goes, how can that, that's not going to happen. Forget about it. (laughs) He said, you got to shut up, man, (laughs) you know, and we know the rest of the story. But see, that was, again, something that God came. That was God's will. When God's will is in motion, the impossible becomes possible because there's no such thing to God as impossible. Do you know one of the, the interesting things is that to us, things that were impossible a hundred years ago are possible today, just in the natural. But back then it was impossible to them. So can I ask you a question? Just because we haven't caught up to the possible in the natural doesn't mean, listen, I'm giving you gold now. Just because we haven't caught up to the, the possible in the natural because right now something is impossible doesn't mean that God's going, oh no, I can't do that until another hundred years. <laughs> until it's possible. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? See, with God there's no time. And with God, he, you know, all things were created by Him and for Him. See, all things were created by Him. He didn't go, oh, I want this, but it doesn't exist. If it didn't exist, He created it. In fact, that's one of the the, the verses of Scripture that says, you know, if you ask anything in my name, you know, do you understand when when Jesus says that I will give it to you, or God will give it to you, whatever the situation is, that that word actually means if it's not already in existence, he will create it and give it to you. So understand something. What I'm saying here is that when God tells you to do something, if it isn't in existence, it will come into existence somewhere, somehow. Whether somebody wakes up with a brilliant idea. Hello. I had this amazing idea. I'm so great. And you're going, oh, good, you invented it. Thank you very much. I need that. That was for you. <laughs> I mean, they'll get something out of it, but that was for you. Because you needed that bit for the next thing you need to do. See, you don't have to invent everything. You don't have to come up with everything. Just let God do his thing. All you are to do is believe. Do you know what the believe part is? 
letting God work. You're not making God work. You're just letting him work. He's already working. Remember Jesus, <laughs> when, when, they, when they were getting upset about him healing on the Sabbath, and they're saying, you shouldn't be working, and he said, but God's working. They got very upset. You know what I'm trying to say? So, you know, God's not a, a stranger to work. It is something he does. He excels at it. And we need to understand that if he asks us to do something in the, you know, that's impossible, it's only impossible because nobody here has done it yet. Guess what? Once you do it, it's no longer impossible. Anyway, never mind. All right, moving on. <laughs> Again, that's, well, that's relevant. Okay. So you need to understand, when you ask according to his will, it may not be something that's possible. So when it says you need to ask according to his will, what we do is we go the exact opposite way and we think his will is going to be something far less than our imagination can take us. Listen, he'll give you stuff beyond what you can ask or think. I mean, you haven't even thought about it and he can do it. Amen. That's the, that's the reason why you need to believe with your heart and not your head because your head can't come up with some things that your heart can believe in. Oh, if you got that, you got that. Anyway, uh, verse... Let's go to another verse. Verse 19. <laughs> okay. So again, who against natural hope, he believed in supernatural hope. Again, verse 18. According to that which was spoken is what I want to pull out of that. Verse 19. And now this, this verse, by the way, to all of us hardened King James and New King James, is a verse that has been translated wrong. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll give you the true translation. Uh, it's not very often that they get it wrong like this, but here they got it wrong and sad because you know i memorized it in this way uh, but anyway in the new king james the king james version it says and being not weak in faith that that part's okay it goes on to say he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old neither yet the deadness of sarah's womb in the literal text it actually says and without becoming weak in faith now i want you to hear that part first okay it says without becoming weak in faith now, listen, he says he contemplated his own body. Now, as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. In other words, he really thought about this. He wasn't weak in faith, but he did realize that his body was dead and Sarah's de body was dead. Now, see, this, this is important because, well, you might say, well, why is this important? This seems to be going the wrong direction. <laughs> okay? No, listen, we are not people that deny what exists. We deny its right to exist. But we don't deny that it does exist. If there's a problem, we're not like ostrich in the sand, stuck in there going, oh, no, no, that doesn't exist. You know, like in that river I call the denial, you know, in, you know what I'm trying to say, okay, in Egypt. Was it? Anyway, okay, we're not those people. Now, see, there are some word of faith that don't realize this. They live in that river, you know. They're always in denial. And there's a problem. We have trouble ministering to them because they won't ever tell us anything. I'm sure you have a relative like that. Not mentioning names. Anyway, okay, so, you know, and they're very, <laughs> because they just won't admit. See, the thing, it isn't about its existence. It's about its right to exist. You can know that you are sick, but you say, you know, uh, virus, bacteria, disease, whatever it is, you don't have a right 
to exist in this body. That's how you get rid of it. If you don't, if you deny it's there, what's, what are you getting rid of? It ain't there, dude. <laughs> you know? Do you understand the difference? You kind of need to catch this. So, so Abraham was like that. He realized that there was a problem there and that what was about to happen was something miraculous. That's why it was miraculous. Now, I know that the reason that we preached it the other way was because the Bible tells us that we walk by faith and not by sight. All right, and our faith sees into another realm. Amen. And so we, but the thing is, to a degree, we dis, disregard this realm, but we're not ignorant of this realm. Are, are you all getting this? Can, okay, because it's so important we catch a hold of this, because in order to attack the mountain that is in our life, we need to acknowledge there's a mountain there so that we can apply our faith to it and just keep attacking it 24 hours a day until the thing is gone so to speak okay all right so but we we need to learn how to do this without losing our faith that's the reason why that's, I, I brought it out again that it says and without becoming weak in faith without becoming weak in faith you can you can consider your circumstances without becoming weak in faith are you all getting this okay all right he go, it goes in the stay he and the rest is all good okay he says he staggered not at the promise of God. The reason now you understand why he staggered not at the promise of God was because he did not become weak in faith in considering his situation. So he didn't stagger at the promise of God that says your situation is going to change. Hallelujah. Mm. This is the confidence that we have in him. Amen? Doesn't matter. Somebody says, yeah, brother, but I don't care. The thing, I'm not denying its existence. I'm just telling you things are about to change. And because I know it exists, I know it's going to change. <laughs> Get it? Okay. We're on board. Good. It, <laughs> it says it's staggered not at the promise of God. Watch through unbelief. This, you know, this is what really causes all of us to, it, everything God is doing in our life to come to a grinding halt. We kind of go, yeah, but how? Remember Zechariah? That was his problem. Yeah, you're telling me all of this stuff. I mean, you know, <laughs> listen, I get it. You know, I read some of those uh, counseling, you know, things, and they go, well, we understand Zechariah for all of his life. Oh, they go through all this stuff, and you think, oh, you know, come on, man. There's an angel standing in front of you. Don't give me all this mumbo jumbo. It's one thing if this little black duck turns up and says, now, brother, I want you to believe you're going to have a baby. It's like, <laughs> yeah, right, sure, whatever. Next time, honey, next time you see him coming to the door, don't open the door. It's weird, <laughs> okay? Hey, that's different. An angel turns up. Come on. I mean, really? You're going to argue with the dude? And he's saying, I'm coming on behalf of God. Y'all understand now you're talking to God. I'm his messenger. Ta-da. Okay? I'm not natural. Okay? And I'm telling you something. And this isn't a normal place he gets met in either. Remember, he was in the Holy of Holies. Nobody can go in there. Except the one person that gets chosen to go in there. And they tie a rope around his leg. Because they don't all come out alive, you know? You mess up and you go dingle, dingle, thud. And that's it. That, uh, had some sin in his life. Next! <laughs> If you confess it all, I don't know, man, I think so. Okay, tie the rope and send him in, you know. 
I just think they're just relieved to come back out. It wasn't that exciting. Have you seen Indiana Jones? Anyway, never mind. Okay, but <laughs> you, you know, you, I don't know what I was saying. With, oh, yes, okay. So I <laughs> but, you, you know, you need to understand something. That when God speaks, don't argue. Amen. You know, Zechariah was, he could have said this. He could have said, this is very difficult to believe, but so are you. <laughs> You're an angel standing here before me. That's hard. That's like, wow, that, that just counterbalances, counteracts all my unbelief. So if you are from, which I can see you're from God, and you, you know, remember he said, I stand in the presence of God. It's like, okay, all right, I get it. Very hard to believe, but I get it. Had he just done what the, the, the father of that boy that went to Jesus and said, help my unbelief. Angel would have said, okay, we can do that. But you, sassing off, isn't working. Which is why he <laughs> shut him up. So anyway, getting back to this. See, one thing about Abraham I like was that he didn't sass God. He just tried to help. <laughs> now, honey, we're meant to have kids. Obviously, this ain't working. <laughs> There's uh, that one over there. <laughs> uh, are we good? No, you know, listen. Yeah. That's like suffering. I'm suffering for Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, right. We get it. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> don't try to sell that stuff on people. Nobody believes you, by the way. Anyway, but I, I want you to understand with Abraham, once he got past that, once God, you know, confronted him, once, you know, he gave him all the things he needed to do, once he, you know, he got his head on straight. Do you know it didn't take long at all from that point on for Sarah to have a baby? If you count it, it's basically about a year. You all know it takes nine months to, okay. All right, okay. <laughs> so he basically confessed for about three months and then he was there. Hallelujah. So that's the, so we're in that part of his life, okay. And I want you to understand, once he got on board with this thing, he says that he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but watch this, he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now I wanted to spend a little bit of time on this because this is the confidence that we have in him comes from giving glory to him. You know, the more time that you spend giving glory to God. See, do you know why you need to give glory to God? Yes, brother, because God is sitting there all so lonely. And, you know, he just feels so unappreciated. And somebody needs to come and say, oh, glory to you, glory to you, glory to you. And he goes, oh, thank you. I suddenly feel appreciated. Is what people preach. He doesn't need that. He's got seraphim and, and cherubim and they're all there giving him glory. You all a little bit, you know. <laughs> okay, listen, listen. The reason you give glory to God is so that you don't consider your circumstances. The reason that you give glory to God is you're saying, God, you are on the throne of my life. Whatever is impossible, you will take care of. I am doing the thing of being still and knowing that you are God, not my circumstances, not my ability to think my way through this. You are God. I may not have the capacity to even understand what you're doing, but I'll figure it out later. You know, a lot of times later on you figure it out. But at the time you have to have faith because God says, I'm doing things and I can see things far, much further than you can. You just need to let me do the thing I need to do. And you just need to believe that I'm doing it. See, this all comes back 
Remember what we looked at at the beginning? Uh, remember again, I'm doing this whole epistle because I said you can't have one without the other. You need the whole thing. What was one of the key things that the Apostle John kept bringing up in the past, in his previous chapters? The love. Go back and listen to that stuff. Over and over again. And that's why he said, behold, what manner of love is this? That we should be called the children of God. See, John understood something. Everything. That's why you all, remember I brought that out in other scriptures in the Bible as well. That it was because of his love. All the time it's because of his love. And we take that for granted because we get these little stickers that's going, oh, God loves you. And you go, yeah, yeah, whatever. It has become a cliche. You know, it's become one of those things that doesn't affect you at all. Until you're dead and in hell. <laughs> okay? And then a hand comes down and says, I love you. And then you go, you love me? Yeah, that's what I've been trying to tell you the whole time. Hello, don't wait till you get to a bad place. Believe the love. Amen. That's what that was the key to John. That's why he said, God loves me too much for you to, for, for him to let you kill me. He was not, not gonna let you. You want to, but it ain't happening. Because God's looking after me. That's the thing with him. See, he wasn't like, oh, I don't know if I've had faith today. I think I'm dying today. I don't have faith. Was never his thing. He was like, I don't care if I got faith. I don't faith. God, you're going to look at. See, his faith wasn't in about the thing faith. His faith was in like, no, God's not going to let you do it. That's all there is to it. I just know he won't let you do it. And, you know, you do that way. And God goes, yep. All his promises are yes and Amen. You know what amen is? Yeah, brother, it's A-M-E-N. No, <laughs> amen is so be it. Get it? So all he has to do is get you to agree. The problem with us is we don't agree. Do you know why? Because we get preached not good things. I want to use another word, but I <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, that's the, that's the reason I said to you, my job is to preach Faith, I need to get you to the place where you believe. If you can believe, you can. all things become possible to you. I mean, all things become possible to you. Anyway, all right. So, he says here again, he's taken out of the promise of God, and back to Romans 4.20, through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He knew that the way to stop himself from not believing, the way to stop himself from allowing the devil to come and say, that's never going to work. Because here's the list and the scroll, you know, falls out and rolls across the floor. And he says, these are all the reasons why it won't work. Do you know for all those reasons, do you know how many reasons you know you, you need for it to work? Just one, just one, one, one. You, your scroll goes, and all it has on it is God. <laughs> That's it. The devil has all the reasons and you have God. That's it. End of story. Amen. And he goes, what's on the back of it? Loves me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, all right. <laughs> so so that's, this is the way you get through all your unbelief. 
This is the way you get through all your rough spots. This is the way you get through all the times of doubting, the times of questioning yourself, that all the things that the devil would use against you, this is how you get through it. As soon as it begins, you just go, you know what, I'm just going to take a minute rather than think about that. I'm going to give glory to God. Hallelujah. Lord, I just praise you and thank you that you are bigger than all of these things. And the devil has now brought another reason why I need to praise you because that's another big thing that would be why I wouldn't get it. And you're going to defeat that too. You're amazing. How did how to turn something negative into something positive? Get it? I just appreciate you even more. Because wow, he just brought out another reason, a massive one, why this isn't going to work. This is going to be so cool. I'm waiting. Go for it. God will never disappoint. All you have to do is be before him going. That's it. That's all you need. He will never let that little face down. And the angels will go, are you sure? He goes, look at that face. How can you say no to that face? He goes, oh, God, you just. He goes, yes. He believes the love. She believes the love. Amen? Okay. Verse 21. Remember, this is the confidence. This is how you get to that place. This is how the Apostle John got to the place. And this is the confidence. Can I put it in his words? This is the confidence that I have in him. Because he loves me so much. I told you before. That if I ask anything according to his will, because I'll never ask anything outside of his will, because I don't want to see his face drop. Get it? He hears me. There's no question. He hears me. And whatever I ask, I get it. I know that's a short version. That's how it is. Somebody goes, but how do you know? He hears me. I love him. He loves me. That's the confidence I have. Don't you have that confidence? Back to this. Okay, verse 21. It says, Romans 4.21, he says, And being fully persuaded. Do you understand now why he became fully persuaded? Because if you keep giving glory to God, you become more and more persuaded that he is going to do it because every time a problem comes up and you think, Hallelujah, thank you, Lord, that you will take care of that as well. I don't have to figure it out. All I have to do is thank you. Amen. All I do is keep giving glory to you. I'm giving you a massive secret here. That's all I have to do is just glorify you. I don't go, oh man, if you really love me, you'd fix this. That is not giving glory to God and he won't do anything. I want to win my argument. Why are you going to miss out on your blessing? You are silly. Stop it. (laughs) Okay. With God, you don't try to win arguments. You You just know that he is that. He is God. Every good and perfect gift will come from him as long as you give glory. To him, not the devil, not your circumstances, not your lack. Amen? Sometimes it's about timing. Amen? No, okay. All right. I'll have to edit it out if I put it in, so I won't. Uh, It says, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, watch, watch where he's persuaded, okay? That what he has promised, he was able. 
Did you see the word able? See, this is why he was fully persuaded. I told you that's, that's why you praise God. God, you can, you, you're going to do even that. Hallelujah. You know, no matter what the problems are, whatever it is, you're going to overcome them because you are God. I'm not God. You are God. And that's why he says that being fully persuaded what he had promised, he was able also to perform. If God promised it, he'll do it. You just need to stick with it. And do the things that he tells you to do, but not beyond. You know that? <laughs> Let me just stop there for a second. I wanted to get so far beyond this today. Anyway, you need to catch this, right? Amen? Okay, this is how you, you have confidence before God. You know, we try to... Sometimes we do the opposite of what normally happens. What normally happens is when you're trying to move in the Spirit and stuff, you kind of start out in the flesh and end up in the Spirit, okay? But the thing is, sometimes God will give you something, and those that don't want to say anything usually are the ones that will... Just wait and wait and wait until they explode. And then what comes out is in the spirit. Because they didn't want to say any of the other stuff. So they forewent. For for, for, I don't know how that goes. Anyway, they got past the place where they were going to be in the flesh. <laughs> okay, all right. And so what came out was exactly what God once said. But have you noticed that once you start talking, sometimes it's hard to stop? We start in the spirit, we end in the flesh. Because we don't know when to shut up. Now, the same thing is possible also in when you're doing something. You know, God will tell you, go and do this thing. And we go do that thing and we go, oh, and then that thing needs to be done. He never asks you to do the next thing. And so we start doing something else and then something else. And suddenly we're kind of off somewhere and we're going, God, where are you? And he goes, I don't know. I lost you after the first thing. What happened? <laughs> you wandered off. You know, like the little children that just can't, you know, squirrel. And they're gone. You know, that's it. We need to be careful just to do or say the thing that God said to say or do, and that's it. We just need to discipline ourselves to stop there. Much as you want to do the next thing, don't. Leave it. For some reason, that's all need to be done right now. Because God can see so much more than you. Amen. I could give you reasons, but then there will only be a certain number of reasons. And you go, well, it doesn't fit into it, so I'm not going to do that. All right. <laughs> All right, so notice that Abraham was, uh, in, uh, was strong in faith because he knew what God's will was for him, what he had promised, despite his circumstances, the deadness of his own body and Sarah's womb. He knew what God's will was. This is where, again, you need to get to the place where you need to have confidence. And this is a time, family, we need to have confidence. Do you know that is, do you know faith is your shield? No, we were discussing this. And, and uh, let me just give you some insight into that. Because when we think shield, we think little shield. No. The Apostle Paul talked to, talks about a Roman shield. A Roman shield was about yay high, had a point in the bottom. And the thing they would do with that shield was amazing. These, these are people that conquered all kinds, you know, of, of, of peoples and lands and whatever. Okay? I mean, doesn't matter what you got. We'll, we'll, we have a defense. See, they may not know how to attack you, but they know how to defend against your attack enough to get close in, enough to you then to kill you. <laughs> you know? Okay? And let me explain that because you all don't know. Some of you do, some of you don't. <clears throat> what they used to do was, you know, when they were attacking, you don't know what all those people, they might know about poisons and stuff and they stick them in the arrows and send them out. And they don't even have to, have to get close to you to kill you. They can kill you from a distance. So, you know, the Romans learned that they needed something 
to protect them from stuff like that. Because all they have to do, you have a shield here, and an arrow comes over your head and hits you. You're dead. You're dead. D-E-D-D, -E -D -D, dead. You know what I'm trying to say? There's no getting up from that. Because if the arrow don't kill you, the poison will. One way or the other, you're dead. So, you know, they did this ingenious thing that they worked out a way to interlock all of their shields. And you could do two things with it. They interlock this way and this way. So what they would do is they would interlock their shields this way. That's why when you come together in faith, okay, you interlock all your shields. They would interlock and there would be a, basically a wall of steel. And then they would interlock them over their heads. So you would basically have a moving tank. They would get right up to the person and then through the little slit would come a sword. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Next, moving on. <laughs> do you get, do you all see what I'm doing? Uh, that's how it worked. That was the shield that, that this is talking about. That's the shield of faith. That's the confidence. Quenches all the fiery darts. It's all the poison arrows of the enemy. Get it? That's why if nothing else works, make sure the shield works. You know, you, you might be terrible at, at fighting with your sword. As long as you live, dude, you can live to fight another day. <laughs> I'm trying to say, okay? That faith is a powerful thing. Hallelujah. It will also move mountains. It will also do things anyway. Uh, that's another thing. All right, so <laughs> let me finish with, because I've run out of time. Darn it. Um, <laughs> no, let's, let's stop there because I've run out of time. I've got one minute. Forget it. All right. Four seconds. Forget it. Ain't that happening. All right. Let me move the tag down here. Uh, I know where to start next time. Okay. <laughs> Are you getting something out of this? You know, I, it's more important that you, you receive something that it helps you in your life. Amen. I, I don't want to just race through this stuff just because I got it. Uh, and so it's, it's important that this becomes a strength in your life. We're living in a time when you, you don't see the dangers. You seriously don't see the dangers. There are things that are going on in the spirit realm that you just don't see. And, you know, you look at yourself and you think, why did I do that? Or why, why did that happen? There are things that have been set forth to get at you. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And there's a lot of people working for him that will work on his behalf. Remember I told you again, this is the only epistle that talks about the children of God and the children of the devil. Not just the world, but the children of the devil. Do you all understand? That's why I said this is such a power, powerful epistle, because the apostle John is giving us what, he, what it takes to come against them and to live life in the midst of them. you all get it? And that's the reason why he emphasizes all the things he emphasizes. And we say, oh, I don't know, man, about all that stuff. You better do that stuff, not just know about it. Listen, he's, I keep bringing back this point. He's the only ap apostle that lived. The rest got martyred. Get it? Because there were agents of evil that were after every single one of them. Some reason they couldn't kill him. No matter how hard they tried, whatever they used just didn't die. That's why I said, let's learn what this guy knew. If we can figure out what he knew, let's be that person, shall we? Then we go learn all the other stuff. Amen. And the reason why I'm spending so much time with this. Hallelujah. 
All right, let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we just thank you today for your word, and we just thank you, Father, for all the things that we are learning. I thank you, God, that one of the greatest things we've learned today is giving glory to you, is understanding that no matter what the circumstances say, we just need to learn to turn away from them. We don't deny their existence. We just deny their right to exist. They don't belong in our, in our life. Hallelujah. And so, Lord, we want to turn our eyes toward you, away from them and toward you. And the way that we do that is to give you glory. And we don't just say glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. We, we substantiate that. We give you glory, God, for taking care of this situation. We give you glory because you are bigger than this situation. We give you glory because you had the answer before the situation came up. <laughs> Hallelujah. You have the first word and the last word. You are the alpha and the omega. The beginning and the end. Hallelujah. My beginning is God. My end is God. It is not circumstances and what it did to me. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you that as we walk in the knowledge of what we have, that we can live the lives that you designed and destined for us to live, fulfill our purpose, and say like the Apostle Paul, I have run my race, I have obtained my prize. Ready to come home. Hallelujah. <laughs> when the time is right. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.